Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law. I'm Sean Garner, an attorney with Deason, Garner, and Hanson. I'm in studio here with a whole group of people. Uh, beside me is my partner, Adam Hanson, and next to him is my daughter, Gracie Garner, soon to be Gracie Preby, because she is engaged to be married on the 28th, which is just three days from now. Next to her is her fiancé, Adam Preby. Welcome. Hi, guys. How's it going? And then, of course, in studio is our sound master, Cody Beeson. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. So this morning we're going to talk a little bit about um, the event that took place two weeks ago. Well, a week and a half ago. It was America Fest, and it happened in Phoenix. It was, it was a great event. A lot of um, Republican leaders were gathered there, but what I took away was that there wasn't a lot of talk about us versus them. It was more talk about the people versus the government. It wasn't about taking back the White House from the Democrats. It was taking back the government from the bureaucrats. And that's what I really enjoyed about that. So that's my big takeaway. I kind of want to go around the table. Adam Preby, he went with me. And um, I know, Adam, you watched it and uh, live stream. Cody, you were there in person. Adam, what was your big takeaway? What, what was the highlight for you? Well, I agree with you. I think uh, I, was, I was looking more for a stumping-type dialogue between the the people that were presenting, meaning um, going after the Biden administration and things like that. But it was more general in the sense of uh, conservative values. It was more family, family pushing conservative values uh, from the speakers that I listened to. And I listened to most of them. And um, yeah, so that's what I, that was one of my takeaways is I, I was expecting a more political, politically charged event. And yeah. Really specifically like Republican versus, versus Democrat. Democrat. Yeah. yeah. And I, I there were some booths out there that, you know, were very um, adamant about the Republican Party or even a, a particular candidate. But um, in general, the speakers were talking about getting back to the core principles and uh, the founding fathers and the Constitution. That's what I really enjoyed. Adam, what did you take away? Adam Preby. Yeah, no, I, I kind of have a similar takeaway from that. I really felt like it kind of went back to just what the American dream used to be as well and kind of those core values as far as, you know, what we really value and what we really want to see from a, a family unit in America. Um, and then just the overall, I don't know, just kind of what people picture when they think of the United States, right? You don't, you don't picture what we see today. They picture happiness and fun and freedom, right? Obviously freedom with everything that comes with that. And it kind of was bringing that back to it. Cody? And so basically what all you've said is, is exactly what I've picked up as well. I noticed it's a, not really Republican versus Democrat because they were calling out bad Republicans. Some of the, some of the people like uh, Lindsey Graham, when his name came up, they got booze, you know, because they, they were tired of the corruption in both parties. And that's really what this is about. Interesting because I saw Libertarian stickers in the parking lot, like on, bum, on bumper stickers on cars. So it wasn't just a straight like Republican convention like I've gone to them in the past. It's it was more like patriot driven, you know, people that are actively getting out there and, and not only having that conversation, but really like pushing the the agenda agenda or the conversation forward um, a pro Trump group, but also 
pro freedom, pro. Um, I guess the eyes are open. Would that be a way of saying it? You know. Yeah, and and the, it wasn't a, a Trump rally. It wasn't any candidate's rally. No, but look at uh, Vivek. Yeah, you know, he got he was a rock star. Well, that's the thing you know? about Vivek is he'll show up anytime, anywhere, debate any person, and he'll tell you what's on his mind. Uh, he told it a little bit more colorful <laughs> this time than he did in the past. Yeah, but sorry to cut you off. No, I'm just saying you're right. It wasn't one party or another, but it was more like those people, like Tulsi Gabbard, for example. She was a Democrat, but she's had enough of the system, you know, but she had a great speech. Point being was a lot of the people they put up there weren't necessarily like loyal to the party, but more loyal to the country. Yeah. You know, um, when there was talk, I think there was talk from several people, Charlie Kirk being one of them, about uh, Rhonda McDaniels. Um the head of the RNC needing to resign. And there was a big cheer from the yeah. crowd about that. And so it wasn't just like this Republican right of the aisle rally at all. It was more of a grassroots, we want to get back to fundamental conservatism. People were aware that the party has been hijacked, you know, on or, or just the government has been hijacked, and they're aware of who's doing it. And uh, I, I was really, you know, curious like what are we getting into what are we going to see this weekend um but again it was a lot of people that are i'd say more informed than than your average person out there i credit vivek a lot for that and maybe that's just because i've drinking so much of the kool-aid i watch a lot of his interviews and he he talks about the fact that we are not being governed by the individuals that we elect anymore this is not a constitutional republic anymore. This is bureaucracy that is running every aspect of our lives. And he says there's three branches of government, not four. And that's, that's what is so important to remember, that the three branches of the government are the legislative branch, the judicial branch, and the uh, executive branch. How many people are thinking by calling their congressmen, we can get the EPA off our back? Right? That's not going to happen. The EPA has grown into this beast, this leviathan of its own, and it's controlling everything. And the CDC is the same thing. So he, he has pointed a lot to that, that we need to get rid of these administrative organizations that have taken on this lifetime tenure of having this position where they have no accountability and get back into term limits for elected officials that actually govern our country. One of the things about term limits that came up, I heard uh, Congressman Corey Mills, I believe, said, Elim- eliminate the purchase of stocks. Make it um, – and that it, – it, it's, it's so common sense. I can't even believe it has to be a debate point anymore. But go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's his point is there's your term limits. You think if you can't be a millionaire when you're in Congress, you're going to get out of there after eight years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your term limit – if you just built that in, you it would solve itself, you know? Well, and another thing – I mean, so just to – unpack a little bit more what Cody's talking about here is people that are serving in government that especially that are sitting on committees that impact what corporations do in the United States should not have the ability to invest in those corporations because it's insider trading plain and simple they know what's going on and not only do they know what's going on which would be a crime I'd get thrown into prison if I knew what was going on and had insider information and traded on that, but they control what's going on. So it's even bigger than the knowledge of it. 
Adam recently found this um, program where you can pick your favorite congressman or senator and you can follow their portfolio. Yeah, this is, so the idea dawned on me. Which is ridiculous. I wondered to myself, this all came back. How deep the problem is. What was the last year when Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan? Yes. With her son son, in hand, but the media didn't show all that. Remember we went over this, I think, last year on our show? And... The, the whole purpose of that was to maintain relationships for silicon and, and from chip for chip making and things like that. All things she's invested in. Yeah. And so I thought, man, if I could just track what Nancy Pelosi's doing on the market, like I would be a millionaire because I'm sure she's just like getting all these kickbacks. Well, at the very first of this year, 2023, somebody figured that out. And so there's two tickers that you can publicly that are publicly traded on the stock market. One is called Cruz. It's K-R-U-Z. You know Ted Cruz, yeah, and then the other one's called Nance, so N A N C, and you can you can buy stock in these portfolios, and, and they they're they're tracking what they are actual portfolios that just track that watch what the the congressmen are doing because they the, have to disclose it, right? The problem in is theory. they only have to disclose it after sixty days, and so you're always going to be sixty days behind the curve. Yeah, so that that's the big problem with that one. We saw the Pelosi's. You know, they bought a bunch of. Um, NVIDIA right before the CHIPS Act went through. And NVIDIA went up 400%. (laughs) And and people got upset about it for the 24-hour news cycle, and then it washed over. And the reason I think it washed over is because the Republicans are participating in it as much as anybody else, and we don't have any honest media anymore. They're, They're being fed a narrative, and they're pushing that narrative. I want to get back to that... uh, America Fest is what it's called. Turning Point is who put it on. And Turning Point is an organization that was created by Charlie Kirk back like eight years ago. Charlie Kirk, for those of you that don't know him, he goes to college campuses all over the country and he poses questions that um, should be obvious and allows his audience to participate in a discussion about um, issues that are addressing us right now, like what is a woman? And... um, what pronouns should we be forced to use and so on. So questions like that that are, have become controversial, but, you know, five years ago it, it wouldn't stump a five-year-old. So um, he's, he's a really sharp guy, extremely intelligent, and he started this organization. He put on America Fest and organized it. He came out. He had a great speech himself. But there were some other people there, um, including his professor, and it was Michael Anton. And his professor actually then became the senior national security advisor for the Trump administration. And he spoke, and he wasn't anybody that I recognized his name right off the bat, but he had a great um, PowerPoint that he put on, got right down to the nitty-gritty as to what's going on, that China has a playbook to basically— take down the United States, and it's not through warfare, uh, uh, the typical type of warfare. It's not through bombs, missiles, and troops. It's through um, infiltrating the, the media, especially the youth, what they think, and taking down their sense of pride in our country and their, their, their identity their true identity, and, and, and making them confused. Let's play a clip from him. He, he does talk a bit about the Republican Party and reminds us that the Republican Party has its roots in civil liberties. So let's go ahead and play that clip. Remember the greatest 
Remember, the Republican Party stands for civil rights and the black community. We started as the party to end slavery. Remember the words, I'll close with the word of the great, and we have to be welcoming to the black community. And to me, word one of that is no more Confederate flags. I'm from Vermont. I think that if you, black people are being polite if when they, when they don't tell you, it really is. That's, this whole statue thing, that's a fight about Democrats pulling down statues of Democrats. I don't have a dog in that fight. Here's the, I'll close on the words of the greatest Republican of all time, Frederick Douglass, who said, a man's rights, <laughs> I love this part. A man's rights rest in three boxes. The ballot box, the jury box, and the ammo box. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I had to listen to that three times because I was actually just listening to it. I wasn't watching it. So the three things were the ballot box, the jury box, and the ammo box. And I thought that that hit home. This is Frederick Douglass. This this is a person who was born a slave. He ran away from his slave master. He went across to England. He gained a lot of notoriety and fame in England for the abolition movement that he was um, pushing down and, and, and advocating for. And um, he came back to the United States with the risk, while, while slavery was still... Um, legal, and, and he came back with the risk of being captured by his slave owners. Now he's really gained a name for himself and being brought back into slavery. But he went and um, he advocated for the people here in the United States because he felt an allegiance to this country. And when he says those things, the ballot box, we need to get the right to vote. And it, they they cherished the right to vote. They 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 sought after it. Do we do that? Do we cherish the right to vote? The jury box. When we get a notice in the mail that says we've been called to jury duty, do we see that as an opportunity to participate in our civic duty? And then the ammo box. And the ammo box, I think it just, it, it drives it home. Because, and Vivek brought up this point earlier in a discussion that he said, he said, Iran and China have similar civil liberties written into their constitutions for free speech and freedom from um, undue search and seizure, including arrest, as the United States. What they do not have is a Second Amendment. That is what protects our civil liberties. And so that's the three boxes, the ammo box, the jury box, and the ballot box. If you don't get out there and vote, don't complain about what's going on in the country. If you don't want to participate in your civic duties, including getting out and talking your voice about what's going on in this country, and if you're not ready to stand up and fight for what our liberties are, then they'll be taken away. And once taken away, they'll be lost forever. That's John Adams, of course, I'm quoting him. But um, any takeaways on that, Adam? So in 2016, this same guy, Anton, he wrote an essay, and it's really it's kind of controversial now. I mean, if you were to to say this out loud, but uh, he said, diversity is not our strength in America. It's our weakness, tension and disunion. I thought about that concept because uh, I recently went to Rome, right? And um, one of the greatest empires of all time, but they were easily dismantled over the course of time because they allowed these factions of, of disharmony 
in the Roman Empire, and uh, there were different ethnic groups and stuff like that, and ultimately it made them weaker when other larger civilizations came in and conquered them. And I think what he's trying to say is that we need to be united as Americans, and I think that's what this conference was all about. We need to get back to the core fundamental principles of what our forefathers intended us to be, and not deride the forefathers, not get away from those moral values, but get back to them, and we will be a strong nation, a one nation. Yes, we have ethnic backgrounds that are different, but we can all agree on these basic tenets of our of our uh, Americanism, if you will. But when we start to add in different cultures that don't respect what we've built over the course of 200 years, then... It makes us weak. Yes. And so it makes and we us... we can appreciate them without incorporating them. And that I think there's a difference there. I think so. And I think um, America is what it is because of those, those founding principles. And the more we get away from them, the weaker we get. And when we allow cultures to come in, not saying that they can't come in, but we need to maintain our core principles, adopting and, and respecting other cultures. But it just causes this weakness when we say, you know what, we're going to just get away from those core principles because they're antiquated or they're, they're, they don't apply anymore. And that just makes us weaker. And you have this China just sitting there waiting for us to become weak and coming in. And, and uh, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think that's what Anton was actually talking about in this, in this, uh, well, and, and it's not that much talk of a conspiracy because he says it, it's published. You can yeah. read their mm-hmm. books. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to, that's why TikTok is is such a pervasive type of uh, social media outlet because it's China run. It's using to spy on Americans, and it's it's being used to um, brainwash our kids. Go ahead, Cody. That, that, that's exactly right. Don't read the book. Read the news. I mean, they're promoting Osama bin Laden on TikTok. Like, yeah, that's proof. That's proof that that's exactly what they want. And it goes deeper than that. I mean, I think a lot of this transgenderism and and um, the. The clamor for accepting these things that have never been accepted before in our society, uh, that's all being pushed by TikTok and social media, and it's all for a purpose. And, and the Chinese know this. You know, yeah. They're making us weaker and weaker as we get into these – we go the, down these rabbit holes, and uh, they understand that. They're playing this, this political game. Uh, we got to go to break. This is Life, Death, and the Law. We'll be right back after this. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and and the law right after this. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hansen, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hansen, and I'm with my partner in crime, Sean Garner. We've got Cody in the booth today working on audio. We've got our special guests, Adam and uh, Gracie, who are betrothed and are getting married at the end of this week, I believe. And uh, fingers crossed that they make it. you got like four or five days. Good luck, guys. Um, it's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. It's been good so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. And, but we were talking earlier about, uh, in our, our first segment, we talked about a lot of different things, primarily about this America Fest 2023. This is an event that's been put on by Turning Point USA. That's a Charlie Kirk organization that was established like eight years ago. But this event has only been going since 2021. And so this year it was hosted in Phoenix. We had the opportunity to go up there. And um, we actually had our own media booth, believe it or not. They gave us a media booth because we're... 
we're prime time nowadays on Life, Death, and the Law. So um, <laughs> nationally syndicated. I don't know how we got in there. Cody worked his magic, and they gave us a booth, and and so we were able to be there live and listen to things. And uh, we were able, I mean, we, we had the opportunity to interview people if we wanted to do that and that kind of stuff. Anyway, the takeaways that we talked about last segment were not so much a lot of stumping. I mean, there was a little bit, and I didn't interrupt you, Sean, when we were talking about this, our takeaways. There was some stumping. I mean, uh, Don Jr., yeah. Trump didn't show up himself, so he sent, his, he sent his surrogate, which is his son, Don Jr., and he all he talked about was how bad the Democrats are and how bad his dad is being um, maligned right now. And those are all true. I mean, that's true stuff. It's just um, it was very politically charged. But most of the rest of the conference is, was uh, probably focused on, if, if you want to think of it this way, on conservative principles that have been promulgated by our founders since the beginning of our nation and, and getting back to the roots there and kind of rooting out um, what the speakers felt was corruption at the government level. Yeah, so... One thing that came up was the voting, that we got to get out and vote and we got to watch and and volunteer for organizations that are going to be vigilant about fraud with the voting. Because there is a lot of skepticism about how elections are run. And we want to make sure that it is one person, one vote. So that is that was something that was brought up. And kind of a side note to that is what's known as the great replacement theory. Now, for those of you that... Uh, or maybe a little bit newer to this, that is the theory that the borders have been opened so that our country can be flooded with individuals that don't share our culture or conservative founding father type fundamental beliefs. And so the people in power, namely the Democrats and um, Joe Biden, can continue to hand out government benefits to anybody that wants them. The problem is, you know, like Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with that is you, you run out of other people's money. <laughs> but you you implement socialism without actually voting in those types of policies because people come in and they allow the government to give them those handouts and they continue to support that type of government. And that dilutes what our true fabric of our nation is, which is you can work hard and do anything in this country if you can own property and your rights are protected. But if you don't, then you have the right to fail as well. Capitalism, Adam, maybe you could um, remember this point that uh, Patrick Beck David, he, he brought up, and he said that capitalism has four points to it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I've actually got them right here. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so the four points are the freedom to buy the freedom to sell, the freedom to try, and the freedom to fail. What, what strikes out to you? Did that strike a chord with you? I mean, of course you wrote it down. Yeah, no, I, I, knew, I, wrote I down. knew you wrote it down. I knew you had it on you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a big part for me is just those last two. Well, I mean, I think they're all important. Freedom to buy and to sell, obviously, but to try and to fail. I, I'm a businessman. I, I've tried and failed at a lot of things. But I, I know that... But you've also tried and succeeded. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's kind of where they both come into play, right? You have that freedom to continue to try and to continue to fail. And if it doesn't work, you just pick your feet up again and you go on to the next thing, right? And I feel like um, that's just one, again, those core values that we're going back to is the ability to just continue forward, right? To not 
dwell on the past, not think of those failures, but to be willing to have them because we know that we're all going to fail, right? We've seen that our leaders have failed, we've failed, but it's that going back to that freedom to try or, you know, those other things that allow us to pick back up and learn from our mistakes. And you learn from your mistakes if you're allowed to fail. Um, so getting back to the great replacement theory is that um, we, our country doesn't have a border and a lot of people are coming into our country. They're not even allowed to try. They're not allowed to work right off the bat. I there's a thousand people coming across the Yuma border a day, and that's an average day. There's going to be nearly two million people cross the border illegally into this country in 2023 alone. That is a sobering number, and that number is beginning to dilute um, the demographics of the American society. And that is what the great replacement theory is, that with that dilution comes more socialistic agendas, more government handouts, more Democratic-type agendas. So let's play this clip. Um, This is from Louder with Crowder. This is Brian Crowder. He um, talks about this great replacement theory, how so many people from the mainstream media think it's this right-wing extremist theory but in reality, they themselves are, are saying that it exists. Go ahead and play that clip. Fire, because this is one thing, and I want to get to the point about replacement theory. Um, it's, not, it's not about race. Now, some people may use it uh, in regards to race, but um, there is more to it than that. And I will tell you, the idea that Westerners, the idea that people who love this country and what it's meant to be are being replaced proactively, that's absolutely true. You can call that replacement theory. But don't believe me. Believe your lying eyes and ears and let the Democrats tell you for themselves. It seems harder and harder to ignore that the echoes of replacement theory and other racially motivated views are increasingly coming out into the open. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007... Every year, babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In this is all mainstream uh, media, CNN, MSN. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Uh, correct. Okay. Don He'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. The growth in Texas has been almost entirely driven by non-white population growth, mostly by Hispanic and Latino population growth. The idea that, um, you know, whites will, will not be the majority, I mean, that's, it's an exciting transformation of the country. It's an exciting evolution uh, and, you know, progress of our country in many different ways. The white population is... That, every single one of those clips was from mainstream media outlet. It was either MSN... NBC, CNN, or directly from um, the White House. And it's clear that the attempt 
is to dilute our population so our vote isn't one citizen, one vote. It's one person we bring in from other countries illegally that we want to give free stuff to off of the hard labor of a few is going to be the majority. It's going to dilute the demographics. And that is the replacement theory. That's why the border is so darn important, not to mention the crime and just rule of law, but the fact that we won't be able to vote in the actual candidates that represent the citizens of this country. We have to take a break. We'll come back. This is Life, Death, and the Law. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and I'm uh, in the studio today with uh, my one and only partner, Sean Garner. And uh, Cody Beeson's doing our sound stuff. We've got our special guests, Adam and Gracie, who are going to get married at the end of this week. So congratulations, guys. Thank you. Um, we've been talking a lot about the takeaways that we, we experienced uh, at this recent America Fest, which was held uh, a week and a half ago. And um, Sean, before the break, you were, you were talking about the great replacement theory, and you played a, we played a clip and, and talking about how the demographics are changing in the United States. Well, at least that's what they were saying. Well, it is changing. There's no way around it, right? With with 2 million immigrants coming into this country illegally in a year, that changes the demographics. It does, but at the same... As I was listening to those clips, I was thinking, well, those are all from liberal media outlets, and, and they're, like, praising this, you know? And, and, uh, and at the same time, denying that there is actually a replacement going into play and they go on it seems like they're so excited about the voting demographics changing and the reality is these illegals and immigrants that are coming in they're not they don't have a right to vote so yet and and that's a great point because uh, mike johnson the speaker of the house his first week when he was uh running the debates he brought up a point that in new york and he asked the new york congressperson there um can you vote in cities in New York without being a citizen? And he said, uh, no, I don't think so. And he goes, well, hold on a second. Now, I'm not talking about state elections and national elections. I'm talking about city elections. Because they just passed an ordinance in the city of New York that you do not have to be a citizen to vote for mayor 
or city council in the city of New York, the largest city in the United States, one of the most powerful in the world. And the congressman said, well, as much as I wish that was the policy for the state and the nation, it isn't. So what is your point? And he goes, you just made my point. You wish it was the policy and it currently is the policy for the city of New York. The, the point is you're trying to bring non-citizens in and allowing them to vote. That's my point. Thank you for making it for me. Do you think that's possible? It's already happening in New York. I mean, that's... No, on a federal level, though. It, I, when I... This... I, I can't overemphasize. This is the biggest city in the United States, and it's happening. So how how far off do we have to be? Do we have to have a state implement it before we actually see that this is happening? How, you know, you get these climate change crazies that say you, the, the earth is going to be on fire and the oceans are going to be bubbling in, by 2030 and every milestone that they suggest never gets fulfilled, but they still tout that. What we're seeing is actually happening, not only by the numbers of infiltration, but the actual right to vote. In, in California, you don't have to have an ID. You get a, a permit to operate a vehicle. You don't have to be a citizen or even have entered the country legally. And if you get a state-issued ID, then what's going to stop you from voting? I guess so the, answer, the short answer is it's inevitable unless we acknowledge that it is a problem happening and fight directly against it. You also had a clip that you wanted to play from Patrick Bet David, and he he talks a little bit about um, some theories that you like as well. Yeah, so Patrick Bet David, um, he's somebody that I started following recently. He was born in Iran and uh, lived there until he was about seven or eight years old. And uh, when the regime fell, um, there was chaos there. And so his father basically told him and his mother to um, escape while they could. And they, they became refugees in, in um, Germany. Then he moved over to America. And uh, he he was one of those guys that he, he wanted to be everything. He was like kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, want, he was a bodybuilder and he was, he was looking to be, um, what is that called? Mr. Universe, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so he looked into that a little bit and, and he felt like the vibe there just wasn't him. That wasn't the society that he wanted to be around. And he made a joke there that, you know, he was going to become this um, bodybuilder and then marry a Kennedy and become a governor of a great state, right? So, but what happened was he ended up getting into insurance and now he's um, a CEO or a partner at an insurance company that has thousands, I think it was like 30,000 employees around the world. And so he's a multi-millionaire on many levels, close to billionaire status, and he has a very successful podcast. And his approach, I like his podcast, although the language is a little more colorful than I, than I care for, but um, he interviews everybody, and he's very kind and um, appreciative of other points of view, but he doesn't back down on what he believes. And he states what his belief of why we as conservatives are losing ground. And I want to play that bit. I'm convinced the second enemy are three communities. Number one is the tolerant Christians are one of those enemies. Good people, sweetheart, 
You've learned 20, 30, 40 different scripture. Oh, God, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, John 3, 16. Oh, mm, Proverbs. It's okay. They can also. It's okay. What interpretation do you have of who Jesus was? Do you think Jesus was a guy that was going around saying, yeah, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay? Or do you think he stood up and he managed expectations with other people? Are we confused in these churches? Are we confused? So to me, the number one enemy is these tolerant Christians. They're not being called out. They're not being called out. I go to so many different churches. Well, why is donation down? Why is this down? Why do you think it's down? FYI, we can sit there and be upset about Muslims as much as possible and act like we're victims. You know what they're doing? They're simply having more kids than you. Why are you upset? So can you imagine if somebody says, well, these Muslims, look how they're growing so fast. Just 50 years ago, we were three times the size of them, and now they're the same as us. And in the next 30 years, they're going to be running Senate and Congress and governors. Why do you sound like you're scared? Why don't you go have four, five, six, seven, eight babies? Why, why, do you, why do you stop saying lines like the following, where it's like, well, you know, my husband and I, we want to spend five years together, and then at 35 years old, we'll think about having a kid, because you know it's a lot of work having a kid. What do you think is the biggest juice of life? You think it's a nice house? You think it's a nice car? You think it's having a kid? Oh my God, one of the greatest gifts we have. If you're able to do it with health, I don't want to impose this on some people who God won't even help you have kids because you're wanting to have kids. There's so many people that I want to have kids that can't. But if you can't have kids, go. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, go. Raise them with the right values. Be tough on them, challenge them, love on them. Spend some time talking to them about all the things that's taking place in America today in the world. Don't be afraid of it. Because if you don't do it, the school's going to do it. And then one day you're going to be like, how the hell did I lose my kids for a decade or two? Because you didn't talk to your kids about all the things that they were facing. So number one enemy on the other side are tolerant Christians. Let me talk about the second one. Are the do-your-thing libertarians. Look, man, you know, as long as you do your thing, I don't care what you do. You want to smoke weed? Go ahead. You want to go do this? Go ahead. Go do shrooms if you want to. Do your thing. Now, I, I don't think this is a libertarian community. But libertarians also have been saying, do your thing, do your thing, do your thing. And guess what the schools are saying? Well, thank you so much. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to do our thing with your kids. Thank you so much, libertarians. You guys are awesome. You guys are so awesome because you said, do your thing, and we are. You're not running for the board in school. We are. And we control what's being taught to your kids. We love do your thing, libertarians. They're ruining America. Number three, you know this next one? These are the, now I'm gonna tell you this in a different angle. These are the, and by the way, it's not a lot of the crowd here, but there's a lot of them out there because I know some of you guys who you are and what you're doing. It's the lazy, scared, rich conservatives. Let me explain before you're offended and you go slash our tires outside and I can't make it to my hotel room. You know what this community is? You know it's the community where it's kind of like, no, look, you know, we can't tell people what we believe in because we may lose those guys over there that invite us to the cool parties. We can't tell them what we believe in. We can just say, yeah, you know, we kind of this, this, that. Wishy-washy? What? What do you stand for?
What, what is you? What do you stand for? Do you have a backbone? What do you stand for? By the way, while you're sitting there investing your money in all these other things, Mark Benioff, Jeff Bezos buys WAPO for how much? Five hundred million dollars. That's nothing. Time Magazine, few hundred million dollars. Nothing. L.A. Times bought for five hundred million dollars. Nothing. I may be out by fifty million bucks, but that's nothing to many of the rich Republican billionaires that are in the room or out there. You mean to tell me you couldn't buy L.A. Times? You mean to tell me Forbes family sells Forbes to a Chinese company that owns ninety percent of it, and they announced the International Woman of the Year, Hillary Clinton? What? What are we talking about? So you can't go by Forbes? You can't go by Fortune? Why would we be these buy these types of companies? Because media is communicating the messaging to people. You got to pick up some of these platforms. Well, no, but it's the rate of return. No, it's also a portion of your money needs to be invested in things that's not about a rate of return. It's about what this country's done for you. You got to go and buy some of these platforms so we can persuade. What do you think about that, Adam? I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say I agree with everything he said. I'm 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 pretty close what, to what it though. What don't you agree with? I don't know, but uh, I what sticks out to me at that last point was, I think you don't want to be disagreeable, so you don't want to like say your viewpoints out loud and get disinvited to those nice uh, parties that you love going to. I'm going to address the last issue that he brought up, <laughs> and that was uh, just at the very last. There, I was shaking. I was nodding my head in agreement because. I believe that what he was saying was right in the sense of if you have if you have the money to do it, it's not about not everything is a business decision. Here in our Yuma community, we know a lot of people, Sean, and uh, a lot of people that have a lot of money that they're getting through legitimate businesses and and um, are doing very well. And often, what I what I hate to see is when those individuals look at everything as a business opportunity. And if they're going to get a little bit harmed by something financially, then they just don't do it. Meaning, and I think that's what he was talking about. Go out, it, buying a newspaper or buying a media source it, to these guys is drops in a bucket, and it's not going to be financially giving back to them at a rate of return that another business will. But it, what he's saying is, it's not about that. It's about having a voice and an opinion out there and controlling. Um, what that is and defining what it is and you're probably going to lose money but that's you it's more about just um, not being so reliant on making money all the time it's uh, doing good in the community and well, i want to bring it back a little bit to what we're doing right now I mean, how much money do you think that we get by putting on this show and how much time and effort do we put in we live our principles. What did he say at first? You you are upset about so many people coming in and diluting the demographic. Why don't you go out and have kids and teach your kids the correct principles and then guard them against this indoctrination that is coming out to the public school system? Why don't you go out and participate in the community, both by social media aspects by general media outlets but also by having a family you have six kids you got married when you were young how old were you 22 i think so 22 23 i don't quite remember 
It's a blur. I was 22. I have six kids. We heard this over and over again at America Fest. Benny Johnson said it. Charlie Kirk said it. Patrick McDavid said it. We got to stop being selfish and greedy ourselves if we expect the system that we are participating in, our government, to stop being selfish and greedy. We need to live the type of principles we expect back from our representatives. We need to go out and have children and teach them the good fundamentals about being productive citizens in our society and then play the role ourselves by not only being productive and obtaining the capital and the means to contribute back to society, but then do it. Put in the time. Put in the effort. He was talking about billionaires buying New York Times and Forbes. But what about putting out a podcast? What about getting on the radio? What about actually talking about what you believe in public instead of just behind closed doors because you're nervous about offending somebody? If you're timid what you're saying... In this country, which is supposed to be the enzyme, the, the, the pinnacle of freedom, what is going on in the world today? Tyranny has not only reached our shores, it's penetrated the inland. And we need to fight back against it because that's tyrannical if we're afraid of what, we're, what we say. We need to be feel that we are not only free but protected in what we say. That doesn't mean go out there and fly a Confederate flag just to make somebody upset, right? It doesn't mean say something vulgar just because you can. And a lot of people have vulgar bumper stickers, right? And and that's okay. It's a free speech, but I think a lot of people are taking it to the point that I can say this, so I will. Don't do bad things just because you can, but do good things regardless of what might be negative consequences in society. And if we continue to do that, and uphold our standards, and defend, and and push back, then I think the movement will change, and it will become more of a tolerant, truly tolerant society, as in we respect one another's opinions, and treat each other as human beings and fellow Americans, as opposed to demonizing them, and and choosing sides. That's all the time we have today. This is Life, Death, and Law, and we'll talk to you next week. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner & Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.